Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88000. All right, all right. Hey, church family. Happy New Year. I've already heard so many dad jokes this morning about, man, I hadn't seen you since last year, all kinds of stuff. I've been watching, though. I've been watching as everybody's been coming in. I've been looking at everybody's eyes. I'm trying to find out what kind of church we have around here. I'm thankful. It's a good mix, all right? It's a good mix. Come on, church is supposed to be a hospital, right? Uh well, I'm glad you guys are here. I want to read this verse to you, and then we're going to do something. Psalm 65, 11, it says this. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. How many of y'all want some of the abundance of the Lord on your life? Amen. Well, here's the thing. I don't know what this year looked like for you, but I know this. He is faithful, and you made it through it. You're here. And his promises still stand that for every person who loves him and are called according to his purposes, he works all things for good. And so he will crown your year regardless of how tough and ugly the year might have felt. He's good. He's faithful. And uh, I want to do something. I was thinking about his faithfulness. And uh, there's a lot of songs that I love to sing, a lot of the new music, I love singing all that. But how many of y'all know there's some old songs that just hit different? They just, they just get you and it just reminds you, it takes you back and reminds you of who he has been. And, uh, and I wanna sing one of those songs this morning, Great Is Your Faithfulness. But I want us to stand together to do that. And uh, if you're here with your family or a loved one or whatever, this is a good time to get close to them. I want you to sing this song. I want you to reflect on these lyrics. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember, I've grown up in a lot of different churches. I've shared that I'm a church mutt. Like I went to every kind of denomination that you can imagine growing up. But I remember being young in, in a smaller Baptist church in Pagosa Springs, Colorado and dealing with my own stuff, um, dealing with some family stuff, constantly dealing with financial stuff. And every time we sang this song, even as a young man, this resonated in me because I could look and see that no matter how tough it got, he was still faithful. So let's sing, let's reflect on that faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Morning by morning, new 
one your family, I want you to reach around, grab a hand, wrap your arms around each other. Let's pray for each other. Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, I know of some hurt in this room right now. I, I had a conversation with someone even before it started where their marriage is in trouble and they feel broken. And Lord, I'm thankful that you are near and close to people that are feeling that way. But right now, we thank you that by your spirit, because of the power of the cross and the truth of your word, we know that we can have a kingdom mindset and perspective that in spite of how we feel or what things have looked like, great is your faithfulness. You are faithful, God. We thank you for your faithfulness. Even over this last year, some of us had an amazing year. We give you all the glory and the praise for that. It's not because of our own strength and ability. It's not because of anything we could do. It's because you are good. And God, even if it was bad, you are still good. God, we stand on the foundation and get our foot footing in the faithfulness of who you are. We lean into that. Lord, as we enter into a new year, we don't live life in the rearview mirror. You are good. You are faithful. We commit this year to you, Lord. We relax and we are inspired in your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, you may be seated. Brand new year. <laughs> Some of you are like, it couldn't have happened any sooner. I do, I'm, I'm thankful for that. You know, how many of y'all know that God, God isn't in heaven with a calendar? <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't live within the constraints of time and space, but he understands that we do. And, and so I'm thankful for times and seasons. You know, the nation of Israel, they would build altars to remember. They would pile rocks up, big rocks up. Uh, to remember these, these crossroads, these turning points. And I'm believing that for every person in this room. We can build that altar, whatever last year looked like, but God has some new things for us. And what I'm thankful for is, even if we had a tough year, no matter how you might feel spiritually or mentally, relationally, it might be somewhere in your soul where you feel broken. I'm thankful that we can hit a reset button. Uh, it reminds me of playing the old Nintendo. Like playing the old Nintendo, there's some games, it's like, I know I have to have a certain number of guys in order to get to a certain place in this game. And so if you get into it and you mess up quick, how many of y'all know? You reach up and hit that reset button every time. And sometimes you had to pull the cartridge back out. <laughs> Where are my people at? So I'm thankful the Lord lets us reset. And some of us, sometimes we need that. So how do we get a fresh start? Isaiah 43, 18. Don't, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness 
and rivers in the desert. Man, I love that because this is speaking to these extremes. A lot of times when you're in a wilderness, man, it's hard to even find a trail or a path to walk on. Uh, it's tough when you're having to orienteer through stuff. But it says, no, I'm gonna do more than just a path. I'm gonna make a highway for you if you can perceive what my spirit is doing. When you're in a desert and you're parched, man, I was talking to somebody, one of the times I came close to dying because of stupidity. How many of y'all have had a few of those? One of those times is when I tried to hike the Grand Canyon all the way to the bottom and all the way back up in one day. There are literally signs at the top of the canyon, at the rim, at those trailheads with like a painting of a guy looking like he's going to die, warning, don't do this in a day, all right? And I was like, oh, and I went and I did it anyway. And uh, man, when you run out of water and everything starts shutting down and you start cramping up and everything else, man, you are completely consumed with the thought and concept of any water. Like, I'll take it. And when you're in a desert and some of you have felt that way, you're just looking for a trickle. I wanna let you know God's got way more than a trickle for you. He says he can make a river in a desert. That's what we're believing for. But we gotta close some books on 2022 because maybe, I don't know, maybe you didn't read your Bible like you wanted to, you intended to. Maybe you backslid a bit. Maybe you had some moral struggles. Maybe you didn't serve your family, your marriage like you intended. Maybe your physical health got a little bit out of hand. By the way, I'm convinced that the scale at 10 Fitness does not work. I'm almost completely sure of that. But it's time for a fresh start. If you don't get anything else, I've mentioned this recently, if you don't get anything else out of what I'm gonna say today, you've gotta get this. God is far more interested in your future than he is in your past. He's way more interested. He is a forward-thinking God. The definition of an optimist. So I wanna give you some principles in order for us to do that. I'm glad the kids are in here. How many Kid Life kids in here? Make some noise, say whoop, whoop. All right. I'm glad you guys are in here. Uh, I'm not gonna preach long, maybe an hour and a half, two hours. And so <laughs> you guys are gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna make it to where you will always wanna be in kid life. And your parents will definitely want you to always be in kid life. <laughs> I'm joking. First thing you gotta do, stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. If you wanna start over, you wanna start fresh, I've gotta stop making excuses for my failures. And I've gotta stop blaming other people. I've gotta stop seeing myself as a victim of my circumstances. We are, and it's so sad, we're becoming a nation of victims with a victim mentality. And here's the thing, you will never be able to move forward until you're able to take responsibility for the life that God has given you. He's given it to you. Adam and Eve did this in the very beginning, the Garden of Eden. When they sinned, Adam blamed Eve. Then Eve blamed the devil. Some of y'all are professional devil blamers. Man, the devil just be so busy. I'm like, no, you're being dumb. You busy being dumb.
one of the things that's really important, I think, to coach kids on. Young people need to understand what it means to take personal responsibility. Like, I think you should get with your kids and just coach them on saying this. It was completely my fault. It was totally my fault. Like, get them to repeat that over and over again. It's gonna be like pulling teeth, I promise. <laughs> Trying to get them, but... But this is so huge. It, it, it is a tool of the enemy that sets people up for failure when they're not able to take personal responsibility because it winds up sending them into a slavery and a, and a victim mentality really quickly. Because if you can't take personal responsibility, you can't walk in freedom. You, you can't make excuses. Here's what, I wanna be clear on this though because some of y'all, you know, you've, you've, you've gone through some hurt and there is no doubt, there's no doubt other people can hurt you other people can harm you, other people can scar you. But nobody can ruin your life without your permission. If you're a believer, especially, you have to understand this. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, and when you took up your cross to follow him, nobody has the authority to steal your peace. Nobody has the authority to steal your joy. You surrender it. You give permission. And Proverbs 28, 13 says this, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he can, will confess and forsakes them, he gets another chance. But let's get real. Most of the real failures that truly cut deep, we bring them on ourselves. More moral failures, maybe poor planning, pride, like a lack of a teachable spirit. Eagle will edge out God quicker than anything. I find that a lot of times when people are failing, it's honestly a lot of times just because they gave up too soon. So I wanna remind you of some world-class failures. There was a guy, a general, who lost two-thirds of all the battles he fought in in the American Revolution. His name was George Washington. He won the war. There's another guy who graduated 42nd out of a class of 43. He went out and conquered Europe. His name is Napoleon. There's another guy who lost almost every election that he ran for up to 12 times until he finally was elected president. His name was Abraham Lincoln. Edison tried over 200 different elements in the light bulb before he figured out the right element to use. 200 failures before he had success. In 21 years, Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs, but he struck out 1,330 times. So he struck out twice as many times as he hit home runs. He once said, never let fear of striking out keep you from taking a swing. Some of y'all quit swinging. Some of y'all just straight up drop the bat, pick it up. God's got something new for you. He's got another opportunity. There was a man in love with a fair maiden. but There were six other boys who loved her too. But in the end, I prevailed. <laughs> Do you think Cody fell in love with me right away? No, I had to wear her down. 
but I want to let you know I am too legit to quit right now. <laughs> Here's the key. Don't make excuses, but stay humble, teachable, willing, and don't give up. Number two, believe that God is still changing my life. Story of, God, of Jesus doing a miracle in Matthew 28, or nine, sorry, 27. It says this, Jesus went up from there and two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on a son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and he asked him, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. According to your faith, it has been done to you. So here's the way that it is. I just don't know all the specifics of the way that it is for you. But this is the way that it is. There, this is what I want you to do. If you got your notes, I don't know if there's any blank spot on the back maybe, but somewhere at the top of either one of those sides, I want you to write this. I want you to write the words, God will do, period. Right? Write that at the top. You have to know this. There are some things that God is going to do, and he's going to do them whether you vote for him to do it or not. Okay? Like the second coming. That's going to happen whether you vote on it or not. Okay? The judgment throne is going to happen. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. The rewards and what, what God gives out in heaven is gonna happen, okay? So you have to understand, those things, there are some things, no matter what, they're gonna happen, okay? Now, at the bottom of that page, I want you to write this. God will never do, period. There are some things that God will never do and it's really important to understand these. Let the Spirit of God give you wisdom in relation to what I'm getting ready to say because we are living in an incredibly deceptive time in history. Like, I believe that the Spirit of the Antichrist is in full operation. You can see it all around. And so you have got to get this and get some conviction about this. Some things that God will never do. He will never contradict himself or his word. He will never sin or promote sin. He will never lie. He will never break a promise. I'm so thankful for that. And he will never change. He doesn't change. It doesn't matter what culture does. It doesn't matter how they try to make it okay. God does not change. He stays the same. Now, somewhere in the middle of that page, this is gonna be the channel that if you love to fish or hunt, this is where you like to live. I want you to write things God might do. Things God might do. God has left a lot of things that happen in our lives up to prayer, our faith, and our faith in action. What I mean by if you like to fish or hunt, how many of y'all ever been out on the river or in the woods 
and you start praying, oh God, God, if you will please, God Almighty, creator of the universe, I have been watching that 12-point buck on my game camera for months. And here I am, two days left in the season, and I have not seen him. God, if you will bring that buck out in front and give me a broadside shot. 75, 80 yards out would be perfect. I will serve you the rest of my life, Lord. God don't mind those prayers, and sometimes he answers those prayers. How many of y'all know there's some other things that are also important, probably a little more important than that, that we need to apply that kind of passion, prayer, faith, but also action. Because I think that unfortunately, we're going to get to eternity and I hope to see you all there. But I think when we get to heaven, there are gonna be a lot of unclaimed God could have done's that got left out on the field because we didn't pray. We didn't have faith. And then we didn't let our actions show that we had faith. And these men that got healed by Jesus, you can see it as you read through it. They had to have all. It says two men followed him, calling out. Then there's the faith. Do you believe that I'm able to do it? Do this? Yes, Lord. They had all of it. They had the prayer. They called on him. They had the faith, but they had the action too. They were not relenting. They kept following. They kept going after him, no matter what. Here's what I know. You're probably gonna get out of this year about what you are expecting in prayer, willing to step into. So level up your faith, level up your prayer and level up your obedience. Because too often, I, I will see the first two components. Faith is there, the prayer is there. But quit begging God for a harvest if you haven't gone out and plowed the seed and put the seed down. You gotta have the action that supports the faith and the prayer, amen? Another thing, drop the baggage. Drop the baggage. Uh, there's a pastor on our staff that showed us that Saul, who is the first king of Israel, he was called and anointed. It wasn't God's idea. It was man's idea. But God said, okay, I'll give you what you think you want. It's a mistake, but I'll give you what you think you want. And so he, give, they give him, he gives him Saul. He's called and anointed. But right before they were gonna physically anoint him as king, guess where he was found? Hiding behind baggage hiding behind luggage, which was a great analogy for the issues that he was gonna have because Saul had some major baggage. Look, you can miss God and what he asked for you, hiding behind your baggage. Uh, one of the longest nights, worst nights of sleep I've ever had was on the mission field. And uh, we were 
It was late at night. It was cold. It was one of the coldest times I've ever had in my life. Like, when I was talking about being really cold and all you can think about is trying to get somewhere warm, doing whatever you can. This was one of those times. We're in a bus and uh, we're having it. We're driving from uh, Bolivia to the Peruvian border, to Peru. And uh, we cannot stop. There's, uh, there's roadblocks and, and people that are striking. There's a, all, a lot of the different workers are striking. They're on strike and, and they're mad. And so every once in a while you come up to these makeshift roads blocks and stuff and we just have to kind of drive through them but people will be throwing rocks at the bus and all this kind of stuff so we can't stop so we got to keep going and we're trying to get to the border because we know the border closed at a certain time and uh, we get up to the border but there is this space between the two borders and and our bus is waiting just on this side of the Peru border the next bus we have to get to but we have to carry everything that we have with us about a hundred yards from the bus that we're on, get it on, loaded on the bus that's waiting at the border and then get through before the border closes. And so when we get to that place, we start unloading everything, we start carrying stuff and we got a big team with us. And, but the problem was we had way too much stuff. So we hurried as fast as we could, but, and it was ridiculous. Like it, it we, we were like loading way too much stuff on ourselves, just trying to make this happen. Like it, as soon as we realized, we saw it, we're like, man, this is, this is not gonna happen. So the border closed and we're stuck there and it is freezing cold out, okay? So we all huddle on this bus and there are people everywhere. They're sleeping in the aisles, they're sleeping. There is the bus, every available area is covered with a human, except for the dashboard. And that's where I tried to sleep. It was fine until condensation began to build on the inside of the window. <laughs> and, and I remember finally falling asleep and then having this nightmare that people were spitting on me. And I woke up and I was completely drenched with the condensation coming off the window. There was about that much space on the dashboard. So I'm like, it's miserable. Point being, uh, you're gonna be miserable if you're trying to pack too much baggage and you're trying to carry it all. At one point or another, you're gonna have to understand what God has created you and designed you to carry and get rid of everything else. The word talks about there being these ill-fitting things that we carry, and they can be good things that aren't God things that he never intended for us to carry, but some things for sure he never created or intended you to carry. Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment. He never designed you or created you to carry any of those things. You're gonna have to drop those things. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The hurts, the sins, the mistakes, the shame, the unforgiveness. 
Here's what I would say. If you've been talking about anything for more than six months, you're entangled in that thing. You're entangled in it. And when it talks about that entangled, the New Testament, the Greek, it's talking about like a jungle vine. Like, so I don't know if any of you have had to make your way through a jungle. I actually, I did a hike through Northern Vietnam to smuggle some Bibles through just the brush. Miserable. Like it made me that much more grateful for all the men and women who served and fought in the Vietnam War because it is hell there. It is horrible. Everything there bites you. When it's raining, it's just miserable. And you're trying to make your way through this. But here's the thing. You don't have to go to those jungles to understand what I'm talking about. Just try to walk through Arkansas underbrush in the summer. Those briars, they'll get you. Here's what I noticed though. They won't necessarily stop you. They'll just slow you down and tear you up until you get so discouraged you wanna stop. And the same thing will happen with unforgiveness, bitterness, shame, and guilt. It won't necessarily stop you, but it'll slow you down and tear you up until you wanna quit. And that's exactly why the enemy likes to use it. Here's the good news. There are two vines. There's the vine of Jesus and then there's the vines that entangle. You've got to get out of one vine and into the other. Get connected to the real vine. Second Samuel 23, how do we unpack this baggage? Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabzee, performed great exploits. He struck down a Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. First of all, we're gonna pass this guy right through onto the security team. Like he, he's gonna be on the team. But I think we can learn some things from this, uh, especially about this lion that he killed. Because it says that he went into the pit. Why? Here's what I know. If you're gonna unpack the baggage, it's not gonna be convenient for you. You're gonna have to get down to the bottom line which means you're gonna have to go down into that pit to deal with it. And then it says on a snowy day, you're not gonna be able to wait till the timing is perfect. You're not gonna be able to wait for the stars to align to deal with the baggage that you need to deal with because the enemy will convince you that there will be a better time but if you wait for the perfect conditions, you're never gonna get it done. And then it says, he killed a lion. Here's what I know. At one point or another, the things that are biting you have to know that you know how to bite back. You're gonna have to address them. Why didn't he just let the lion starve to death? He could have done that, it's in a pit. Just watch the pit. He'll starve to death. From what I've read, the, the lion couldn't even get out of the pit. You know, so that, that could be entertaining. He says he went down into it. 
because there's some things in your life that you need to leave faster than starvation. And some of y'all have been trying to wait for it to starve. And God's actually called you to go and kill it. So don't wait another 30 days, 60 days. Don't wait for one of these days because one of these days winds up being none of these days. You're gonna have to deal with it. I can't tell you all the ways, but I will tell you this. In relation to unforgiveness, because a lot of us can deal with that, uh, but also confess or unconfessed sin. The word says over and over again, the power of your tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. There are certain things the enemy would love for you to kick around in your head and in your feels from now till Jesus comes back. And as long as you do that, he will win. He doesn't necessarily have to destroy God's plan. He just has to make you ineffective in accomplishing it. And one of the ways he does that is by keeping you consumed in unforgiveness and in shame. One of the most powerful things that you can do is confess with your mouth. So here in a little bit, our, our prayer team will be down here in the front. But even if it's on your own between you and Jesus at one point or another, with your own voice, prayer, faith, action. I would encourage you to speak out the names of those who you need to forgive and then list the things you need to forgive them for. And whether you completely believe it, it's faith. You're gonna speak it even if you don't necessarily completely believe it yet. Because here's what I know, as soon as you begin to speak forgiveness and as soon as you begin to confess and speak repentance, the enemy's leverage at that point begins to be destroyed. And if you wanna be able to move in to a new season, you cannot do it without giving the same grace and forgiveness that he's given you. If you want everything there is to get from God, you have got to put off the baggage of the things that he never created you to carry so that you can clearly see what you're supposed to be picking up and carrying for him. And if you'll do that, man, this is gonna be a good year. And I want you to have an amazing year, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation, you can have a perspective of who God is that is unshakable. Not on your own, but if you have the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit and connection to the body of Christ, man, this is gonna be a good year. If you believe that, say amen. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If there are any of our prayer team, altar team, love you guys to go ahead and come forward. No better way than to start a new year completely surrendered to Jesus. There is no other way to have the year that you truly wanna have. I promise you that. There is no other way to have the year that you truly wanna have 
until you understand that you were created for relationship with your heavenly father. You were created for relationship with Jesus. And so that place of salvation is one of the most important things that we can handle right now. And if you're here and you would recognize right now that you are away from the Lord, you know it in your heart. You feel distant from God. And it may be because you're just believing the lies of the enemy. Well, maybe you just need to rededicate your life and, and declare that he is your Lord and Savior. But maybe you, you feel that way because you've never done that. You've never truly surrendered to him. And I wanna give you a chance to do that. And the truth is, like I said, God has never been constrained, constrained by time and space. So God doesn't even look at the timeline of your life and, and even the way that you have memories about that and the pain of it, whatever it might be, he doesn't even see it that way. He, he just sees you. He loves you. He wants you to be free. He wants you to have purpose in him. He wants you to spend eternity with him. He's crazy about you. And if you know that you need to surrender your life to have a relationship with him, I wanna pray with you right now. And I'm gonna ask you to have faith in action. To just say, that's me. I'm gonna ask you just to put your hand up right now. I need Jesus. I'm ready to call on him as my Lord and Savior. As soon as I see your hand, make eye contact with you. Got you. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm away from him and I need him. Got you, brother. Anyone else? I need to surrender to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm ready to make him the authority to have full control of my life. I'm not gonna live another year playing games, trying to do this on my own. I don't wanna spend another moment acting like a Christian, but not really having a relationship with Jesus. I wanna spend another moment angry at God, bitter at God. I'm ready to surrender to him, accept his love, accept his forgiveness. Anyone else? Need to call on Jesus. Okay, Father God, I thank you for those few hands. Thank you for meeting with us and meeting with them. And I'd encourage you, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna have water baptism. That's a great way to go public with your faith. I'd encourage you, <coughs> excuse me. I encourage you to tell somebody as soon as the service is over that you surrendered your life to Jesus. But right there in your chair, I want you just to say a simple prayer like this. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. But I believe that you came and you died on the cross for me. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you rose from the grave. And when you did, you defeated sin and you defeated death so that I can live in freedom, so that I can have the hope of heaven. But I understand that there is a purpose that you have for my life. And I wanna walk in that purpose. And I know the only way I can do that, you have to have control. So I surrender and I repent. Have my life, Lord, use it. Thank you, Lord. Father God, thank you for that. Man, what a great new year. What a great new year for those people, Lord.